Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, there's two specific ways I want to talk to you about for our minds to be kept in peace. One of them uh, is in Philippians 4. I want you to turn there with me. Philippians 4. And uh, we're going to read verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. What is he saying there? Be anxious or don't worry about anything. That's what he's saying. He's not talking about, you know, if you're going to cross the street, you know, you don't need to look. That's not what he's talking about. You know, some people, I'm really, they get really unusual thoughts about these kinds of things. But he's saying, don't worry or have anxiety about anything. Wow. How can you do that? Well, I'll just have to tell you, I don't think I've made it yet. Have you? But I'm striving for it. I'm really striving for it. And I do know that when I get into anxiety and I do start worrying, I do know this scripture. And because I have renewed my mind, it will come to me and get me back on course and get me corrected. But you see, if you don't put it in, it's not gonna, it's not gonna do that. You know, well, that's just life. That's just the way we are as human beings. It's not the way that born-again, washed-in-the-blood Christians are. Shouldn't be. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What's he saying right here? He said, instead of being upset and fretting over and being worried and anxious about everything that is going on in my life, he said, bring it to me and pray about it and ask me to do something about it. Well, is that just for Nora King? No, it's for you too. Every every born-again Christian. And he's saying, don't worry, don't fret, but trust me. Trust me. And in everything, I tell you, I, I am learning, I'm learning more about prayer. And it is, pray about everything. Pray about everything. It doesn't matter what it is, pray about it. God, just help me to pick out my clothes this morning. You know, um, uh, uh, just uh, help me to put my makeup on. Bless these people I'm going to talk to. Help me to have the right words for them today. Lord, that homeless person I see out on, on the side of the road, help them and, and provide for them and show them that there's a, a way out of that mess. Lord, that man that's standing up there and holding that sign that says that he needs gas and he's lying because he's up there every morning, help him to work his way through that. I'm telling you what I pray. Lord, help that struggling single mom that doesn't know how she's going to make it financially. Provide for her. Give her somebody to help her with those children that she's just overwhelmed and, and doesn't have a, 
a husband and the father of those kids to help her out. Give her somebody that will have mercy on her and help her with those kids. See, don't worry, don't get anxious, but in everything, pray. And then he says, this peace can come to you. Now look at it. And the peace of God, which passes all human comprehension, shall keep your hearts and, what's that next word? Minds through Christ Jesus. Well, I want us to look at that for a minute. It says it will keep, it will protect. And, and you know what this word keep means? It, it's a military term and it has to do with a guard or garrison. You know, uh, uh, the, the uh, many people, guards that are there to surround. And the peace of God will guard, protect, put a hedge around your heart and your mind. Now, what is the next part of it? Through Jesus Christ. See, this provision of faith or or peace comes through Jesus Christ. That's how we get it. Through Jesus. Amen? But this garrison, this military protection, if you will, angelic help comes to keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. If there ever been a time where you say, Lord, if you don't do something for me, I just feel like I'm going to lose my mind. Well, He's done something for you. He's provided. Amen. So what does He keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus from? The devil. Demon powers. He protects us from that. Now, that's a promise, and I like that promise. He protects us from the enemy. Can you say amen? Amen. The second way that our minds are kept in the peace of God is found in Psalms 119 and verse number 16. Now, or not 16, but 165. As, As I was reading that, I realized that this Psalm 119, it is so long. And if you you've read it, you know... Uh, If you've read the Bible, you know what I'm talking about. But some believe that Psalm 119 was written by Daniel. Now, you remember Daniel was in the lion's den, wasn't he? You remember that story? And the lions, you know, were hungry, had not been fed, and uh, and, uh, they had really been starved, ready for Daniel to be thrown in there. Wouldn't you think Daniel needed to have some peace that day that that happened? Okay, let's read this psalm. Great peace have they that love your law, and nothing shall offend them. You know what? If we love the Word, we stay in it, we obey it, and we do it. That love, see, we read that and sometimes we're not really seeing what it says. Love thy law. That love the Word of God. That loves what God has given us uh, uh, commandments and guidelines uh, to live by. The words He has spoken and He says, if you do this, I'll do that. And Daniel said, he spoke it, 
And he said, great peace have they that love your law. If you remember reading that story, though, there's one thing. You know, when when the king uh, threw uh, Daniel in the lion's den and Daniel went to sleep in there. But you know what? He had great peace. I think he when he when if he was the one who really wrote that, he knew what he was talking about. But the king, what he was up all night. He couldn't sleep. He didn't have any peace. But see, Daniel loved the Lord, loved his word, and was a prayer warrior. You remember he had opened that window, throw that window open and pray morning, noon, and night. So he knew about prayer and he knew about God's word, his law. Amen. We must love the word of God. If we want our minds to be stayed on on God and in his peace, then we need to be people who love the word. Let me say something to you. Some of you, you cringe when you hear us, you know, in church talking about the word of God. You need to read the Bible. You need to read the, I read it and I don't understand anything about it. Well, you know, I know what that's like because I spent time doing that. I'd read it because I knew I was supposed to, but I really wasn't understanding a lot. There's, there's a few things that will help you fall more in love with the word of God. And I'm going to tell you what one of those is. Get you a translation that you can understand. Well, God only wrote one Bible, the King James. How ridiculous is that? The King James was written a long time after Jesus was on the earth, you know. So... Now, I, I believe, you know, that we need to protect the truth of the Scripture, and I don't think we need to, you know, take it and do wrong things with it, but there's good translations of the Bible that will help you to read it. And don't start back in the Old Testament. Start in the New Testament and read one gospel. I like to uh, tell people this. Read John and then go on into the epistles and read the New Testament. You don't if you start with Matthew, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and then John. See so you're reading the same stories there. Now you need to read them, but I'm talking about if you're starting out and you're trying to fall in love with the word and with the Lord. Read John and then read the other epistles and go through there in that translation. I love the Amplified. First time I read the Bible through it was in the Living Bible. And I am telling you, I fell in love with the Word. But there's one other element in that. And you know what it was? I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was like, you know, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I felt like I was could eat the Bible. You know why? Because everything I was reading after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, now I knew the Lord. I was born again. I had the Spirit of Christ. I had the Holy Spirit in that way, but I was not baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. And consequently, many things I was reading was going over my head, but it was like I had on, you know, like right now, if I try to stand up here, I need reading glasses. I don't you know, see things as clearly as as I need to without these. Well, it was like that for me that day when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was like I put on my spiritual glasses and everything I started reading was popping up off that page. I didn't know that. I'd never seen that before. God, you said that to me. I can do that. This is for me. I mean, it was just like everything. I, I underlined everything I saw in the Bible. Because it spoke to me and it didn't speak to me before. So I'm telling you, you know, if you want your mind stayed upon the Lord and you want to live in His peace, you need to be a person of prayer. I didn't talk really about thanksgiving, but you need to be a person that gives thanks to God. Not just once or twice, you know, thanksgiving and Christmas. 
You need to be a person who lives giving thanks unto the Lord and praise God. Let the fruit of your lips give praise. See, the fruit of your lips, your words, let them praise God. Let them bless Him. And it can bring peace to you. So through the prayer, the praise, the thanksgiving, and through loving the Word of God, you can bring peace into your life. Amen? That's possible. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to, I'm really not going to get you to turn here, but Philippians 4 and 9 says, the things that we've learned and received and heard, do them. And the God of peace will be with you. Now look at that. See, we're to love the word. We're to love God, love his law, love the word. And then the things that you learn, you receive them. See, you can learn things, but you don't receive them. I, I was in a Bible study with people like that. I loved them. They were my friends. But they, they heard it, but they did not receive it. And consequently, because they didn't receive it, it never produced in their life. But you know, we need to be people that learn and receive and hear and then after we learn, we receive, and we hear it, then there has to be some action in our life. Then we have to do something about what we hear in this law or word that we're to love. We've got to obey it. Just obey. Some people have a problem with obedience. They're just, they live life that way. You know, they're, they're rebels. Well, you know, there's... And this may sound funny to you, but there's one side of being a rebel that can be good at times. But there's a lot more wrong that can, you know, be there for a person who's rebellious. And what, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about sometimes, probably rebel is not the word to use, but, you know, a, a person that's going to follow God, that God's calling to lead and to do something, they have to step out. They can't be in, you know, they can't be like everybody else. God requires them. And there's times you have to step out on your own and nobody else is around. And so people might call you what looks like a rebel. So that's what really I'm talking about, I guess. But, you know, we, we, don't, we don't need to be rebellious people. And when we're taught from the pulpit or from the Bible or however it comes, we need to receive it. And we need to do it. That's important to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Amen? Amen. Well, Isaiah 48, 17 and 18 says, I'll teach you to profit and I'll lead you in the way to go. If you hearken to my commandments, then you'll has, have peace as a river. That's my paraphrase, okay? Now listen to this. I'll teach you to profit. How many of you want to profit, benefit, be prosperous? Well, I do. And I will lead you in the way to go if you hearken to my commandments. Some people, I just need the Lord to lead me. I just need the Lord to lead me. I just need to hear His voice. Well, maybe he's speaking and you just need to hearken to what he said in his word, get on track, and then you'll get the direction. And listen to what he says. If you hearken to my commandments, then you'll have peace as a river. 
Peace like a river. Do you ever remember singing that song? I've got peace like a river. See, that's where that's taken from. What a river flows and it's steady. And I love to be out around the water, don't you? There's something calming and something peaceful about it. And he said, your peace is going to be like that river. If you listen to what I tell you to do and obey it. See, that's hearken. You have to obey. Again, there's that word that's kind of hard for us to hear. Let's look then at a troubled believer versus a believer that lives in peace. And um, I'll just turn you here real quickly. Luke 10. Are you all with me or are you going home? Luke 10. Now, in, in the story that we're going to look at, it's two people in contrast. You've got Martha and you've got Mary. Now, it came to pass in verse number 38 of Luke 10, as they went, that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now, Martha would be a person that you would call hospitable, wasn't she? She received him, received Jesus into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, look at the contrast. Here's Martha. She receives Jesus into her house. She's getting ready, we can see, to, you know, take care of the people, this entourage that came in with Jesus. Somebody figured it up once, and I don't know how they did it, but they said there were 83 people with Jesus. How would you like to open your home to 83 people? Now, I've had a, I've had a lot of people in my house, but not 83. Now, if that's true. But now listen to this. Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all these people alone? Bid her that she comes and helps me. Now see, I want you to look at the contrast. Mary was a person that chose to sit, sit at Jesus' feet. And there she found what she needed and she didn't want to get up and go help Martha do what Martha had to do. Now, was did Martha have things to do? Yes. Was it legitimate? Yes. And we may have legitimate things that we have to do and we may they may have to be carried out for sure, but we can either be a Mary or we can be a Martha. Now, let's keep reading. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now, let's just go down through here and let's look at that. Jesus answered Martha, who was all caught up in care, And Jesus said, you are careful, you're troubled, and you have anxiety 
about many things. You're troubled in your mind, trying to figure out how are you going to get all of this done? How many of us spend so much of our time worrying and fretting about how we're going to get done what needs to get done? But God said, if you'll choose to be like Mary and sit at my feet first, first, then you can get up and do the serving. But if you choose to do it Martha's way, you're going to have no peace. See, and it takes self-discipline to sit at the feet of Jesus. What is sitting at the feet of Jesus today? It's opening your Bible, letting Him speak to you, reading the Word, loving His law, praying, talking to God, sitting at His feet, and then you will find this peace that passes all human comprehension. It will drive the trouble out, and then you can get up and go, and you don't have to work harder. You can work smarter. I really believe that. I really do. But it takes self-discipline to sit at the feet of Jesus. Why? I don't know if you're like me, but I can remember when we first started the church and Eddie and I made a decision that we were not going to work in the secular world anymore. We made that decision. I mean, that was so hard to do that for me because it's like, I want to go to work. I want to earn, you know, a salary. I want to, I want to make sure we have what we need. But God said, no, don't you do that. See, everybody can't do what we did. So we told our story and people try to do it and it doesn't work. We did what God told us to do at that time. So every morning I would get up early. I'd get up early and I'd go into a certain room in that house and I would start reading and I would start praying. And I would look around and I would just look and on that coffee table, my goodness, I just dusted that. Look at that dust on there again. So I'd run in there and get my dust cloth and I'd start dusting that table, you know. And then, I'm sorry, Lord, and then just go back, you know, here I go again. In a few minutes, I would look over there, and I'd look up at the draperies, and I'd think, my goodness, those things, you know, they're just out of line. I need to get up there, and I need to fix those things, get that, you know, get that right, get it looking good. You know, I like to walk when I pray, go in the kitchen, there's the dirty, you know, maybe a few dirty dishes in the sink. I think, man, I need to take care of them. You know what? It took self-discipline to make myself stop doing that. Jumping up every, you know, sitting at the feet of Jesus and every few minutes I'd want to jump up and go out. Excuse me, Jesus, I'll be back in a minute. I know you have something terrific to say, but I don't have time. I have to dust. I have to vacuum. You know, and you guys, it's going to be something else, you know, with you. And it's just the way it is. But but we need to be more like Mary and we need to sit at Jesus' feet and receive from Him. And this peace can flood our lives and our very being and the anxiety and the worry and the fear. You know, folks, when you're fretting over, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Or, you know, your kids are not acting right. Or something in the relationship with your spouse is not the way it needs to be. Or there's something on the job. You know, it, life is full of that. And I told you, the closer we get to Jesus' coming, I believe the worse those kinds of things are going to be to try to perplex God's people and distress them. But we've got to be and choose to be like Mary and discipline ourselves and sit down at the feet of Jesus until we receive this peace and whatever it is that we need from the Lord. 
And that is possible. My peace I give to you. Not like the world gives you peace. I give you a peace that passes all the understanding that this world can even look at and say, how, how could that be? How is that? They can never figure it out. And you know, if we don't do it God's way, we'll never figure it out either. One last thing. 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us what to do with the cares and the worries to receive His peace. And He says, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. You know what that tells me? We are not made to bear burdens and carry anxiety and worry and all of that. We're not made. He said, take the care that comes upon you because I know it comes. Because I lived in the earth and I was touched with the feelings of your infirmities and your weaknesses and what came upon you come upon me, but I made it. And because I made it through it victoriously, I'm going to give that to you. You can overcome it. And you can cast that care upon me because I care. In the Old Testament, it says, cast your care upon the Lord and He will sustain you. You know what that word sustain? I love it. It means lift the weight. See, cares bring weight that try to weigh you down in life, that try to steal and rob your peace and your joy and your relationship with God. They come to steal from you. But we don't have to live there, do we? We don't have to live there. So He will sustain. He will lift that weight from you. All those heavy burdens, you know, that the world can put at your doorstep and just, you know, just ring your doorbell. Just heap it up and ring your doorbell and then want you to answer it and receive it. But you see, we don't need to receive the cares. We need to receive the peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.